Listen, here's a few announcements that I want you to remind you of. So that regular Sunday night programs children tonight. They meet tonight. But notice the change in location. We will meet together in the sanctuary from 530 to 7 instead of our regular classrooms, okay? Please mark your calendars and save the date for our children's Christmas plans. The children will participate in the Greer Christmas Parade on Sunday, December the 2nd and present our Christmas musical at 11 a.m. on Sunday, December the 9th. Next Sunday is the first Sunday in Advent. It's also the Hanging of the Green service at the 11 o'clock service. And finally, if you are an officer or a committee chair of the church and you haven't already made plans, seems like everybody keeps coming up and telling me they've made plans, we need a few of you to show up today at 3 o'clock uh, with you officers and uh, committee chairs for the annual charge conference. The charge conference, of course, is when we take care of receiving all of our uh, legal forms and take care of some things that have to be done. It's the official uh, church conference that's held every year. And our new district superintendent, Reverend Mary Teasley, will be present. You know, charge conference is open to any member of the church, but the, the, the council, the board, these folks are the ones who are the voting members. All right. That's all that I have. Anybody else have anything else? Then let's get started. Let's sing to the Lord our praises. Will you stand? Bye. 
and pray with me. Dear Lord, we desperately want to see you. We want to just be made new. Lord, we want you just to come and just to open up our hearts and to open up our minds. Prepare us, Lord. Prepare us for worship today. Prepare us for our lives with you. Lord, we know that only you can do that. Only you can strip everything else away and just rise up within us, Lord. We thank you for that. We are joyous this day knowing that you can do that for us, Lord. Create in us a clean heart. In your name I pray. Amen. Joy of your salvation, restore 
And everyone else, if you will turn and greet your neighbor and tell them good morning. Come over here. Come over here. It's my children that are not wanting to come over here. Okay. Good morning, guys. Have you ever had to prepare for something? Do you know what prepare means? What is? Yes, like get ready. Thank you, Jenna. Prepare means to get ready. And have you, I bet this morning you had to get ready for church. Did you have to get ready for church? Sometimes we have to prepare or get ready for school. Sometimes we prepare or get ready for our friends to come over. Sometimes we have to prepare and get ready for holidays. And sometimes when, um, when we prepare at our house, say, if we want our friends to come over and play, one of the first things that we have to do is we have to clean up a little bit. Do you ever have to clean your room to prepare for someone to come over to play? Um, Maybe for church, you might have had to clean your face a little bit and take a bath last night to prepare and get ready just to clean up a little bit. Well, one of the things that we, we did at our house this past couple of days is we prepared for Christmas. Hey, Ryan, sit down, please. We prepared for Christmas. He's my godson. <laughs> I can fuss at him. Um, so to prepare for Christmas, we had to clean up all of our fall decorations so we cleaned up all the pumpkins and all the turkeys and we put away all the leaves and stuff and we prepared to our home for Christmas and we started decorating so the Bible tells us that we need to prepare our hearts sometimes and sometimes the only way to prepare your heart is just to clean it up the Bible says created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. So sometimes we just have to clean up all the bad things that we have going in our hearts. Sometimes maybe we're jealous of something that someone else has. Sometimes maybe we've got some angry feelings in there towards maybe a brother or a sister or a friend. And we've got to clean all of that up so that we can make room for something. What do we have to make room for in our hearts? Jesus. So we have to clean out all that bad stuff so that we can make room for the best thing. We've got to clean up and prepare our hearts for Jesus. 
So during this next couple of weeks, we've got this big season coming up called Advent. It's not just Christmas. In our church, we call it a season of Advent, and we prepare for the coming of our Lord. We prepare for Jesus. So I want you to think about that. I want you to think about some of the things during the next couple of weeks that you can clean up in your heart to prepare for Jesus. Okay? Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Repeat after me. Dear Lord, thank you for coming into our lives. Help us to clean our hearts to make room for you. Amen. Did you all take baths before you come to church this morning? <laughs> I was just waiting for one of the children to say, well, I didn't take a bath last night. <laughs> we didn't have any prayer cards? No prayer cards? Okay. Let us bow our heads and pray. Almighty eternal God, you are the one who is, who was, and who is to come. And worthy are you to receive our praise and thanksgiving. Uh, your revelation to Jesus Christ gives life to our bodies and souls. You've shown us the way to live. And yet we must confess this day that we try to fit your ways into our expectations. And then we grumble when you do not conform. Where we have doubted your wisdom and your truth, forgive us, good Lord. Help us, O oh Lord, on this day as we await your coming in power and might to reclaim your church and establish the reign of righteousness. May we know this day, O oh Lord, that you are with us, and we pray and lift up to you all those that we name in our hearts now. In that same power, we ask you to take into your care those whom we have named in our hearts and those we've named in our prayer list. We pray, O oh God, you'd relieve their suffering, end their captivity, restore their brokenness. O oh God, our Alpha and our Omega, the beginning and the end, hear our prayers and be merciful to us. For we pray as Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Revelation chapter 1. Revelation of Jesus Christ to John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come 
and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So, so shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, as we pause this day to worship you and be reminded that uh, you will come again in glory and power and righteousness to rule over all nations and all kingdoms. And we pray, oh Lord, that that day would hasten upon us so that we may live with you in your spirit. We pray in your name. Amen. Have you ever noticed how weird people act on elevators? <laughs> Have you ever noticed how quiet it gets? You know, they'll be talking like crazy. They get in the elevator and the elevator short and door shuts and it's quiet. It's like a tomb. And you, and you realize after you went up several floors that no one has said a word. Okay, they're all standing behind you if you hadn't been in the front. And I found myself out catching lots of elevators this day at the hospitals that way. And it's kind of, it's really kind of comical, you might think about it a little bit. Many of you know Tony Campello, who is a famous Christian author and preacher. Tony Campello said he got on an elevator one time and he, they were all behind him, you know, no one said anything. And he decided that he would turn to them and face them. And then he said, I led them in a song of, you are my sunshine, you are my sunshine. Now, Tony Capello is a quite a character and he could get away with that. Um, but there, he's not the only one who's had uh, thoughts about elevators that in a, in a book I was reading where he was asking children some of the things, you know, questions and stuff. And you know how children can say those funny things. And they asked the children, what would Jesus say if he got on the elevator? Going up? <laughs> you know, here it is almost 2,000 years later, and we are still wondering what Jesus would do or say. And I think it's interesting that that is important to us. And in a few weeks, we will celebrate the end of this year. And in fact, today is only, is exactly one month today is Christmas Day. You children hear that? One month from today is Christmas Day. You can start your countdown right now, okay? Um, but this white up here represents something. The reason this was changed to white is because today on the Christian calendar is Christ the King Sunday. Christ the King Sunday. How many of you ever heard of Christ the King Sunday? You have me? Some of you good. On our calendar as Christians, this is the last day of the year. 
This is the last day of the year. It, the Christian year follows the life of Christ. The first Sunday, the first Sunday of the new year is next Sunday, Advent Sunday. That's the first Sunday of the new year in the Christian calendar. We follow the life of Christ. We anticipate his life. He comes. We follow him as he teaches. We follow him all the way to the cross. Then we follow him after the resurrection. And then after he goes to heaven, we have what's called kingdom time. And we await that day when Christ will return. And, and that is what today represents. It's the last day of the Christian year because it's the day that Christ will return in glory. Christ the King Sunday. And I think that we probably give this Sunday a little bit of short shrift, if you will, because of the presence of Thanksgiving and Christmas. Brenda was feeling like, like it, and I was kind of hoping she didn't, but she was, to start working on our tree. And a few years ago, I had a weak moment, and I allowed, we bought this humongous tree. It's like it should probably be in the White House, okay? That's how big it is. And of course, we have this really big living room at the Parsonage, so it lends itself to this big tree. And, but it weighs a ton. It actually it takes both of us to carry this tree out of the storage area into the living room. But she began yesterday, and if anybody rode by last night, they would have seen, at least for a while, a lit Christmas tree. No decorations on it yet, but a lit Christmas tree is at our house in the parsonage. So I can't fuss at any of you or anybody or any stores who start putting out the Christmas early, okay? Uh, and I noticed here even in Greer, our, our, our lights went up on the poles. Uh, our decorations went up on the poles prior to Thanksgiving, which, you know, that's the way it is, I guess. But Anyway, it's, with all this stuff going on, it's easy for us in the church to forget this day. And I think it's important that we stop a moment and just think about that final day when Christ will come and how important that is and why Christ coming is important to us. And I think that it lends itself to this question. What does Christ mean to me? What does Christ mean to you? What does Christ mean to us? And I think first and foremost, Christ is someone who understands us. Christ is someone who understands us because Christ walked where we walked. He, he participated in all the things we participate in. He ate, he laughed, he cried, he had friendships. Uh, he, he participated in the world. And this participation of Christ in the world, to me, is the most important thing that we know as Christians. You know, a lot of people believe in a lot of things. Um, some people believe in nothing. But it seems to me like I can believe even harder in a God who comes and, be, and has spent part of his being with us, who emptied himself from the glories of heaven to come and to walk where we walk. So the most important thing I think about, about Christ's coming is that this is not some far off distance, weird something or another creature. This is a person we know, Jesus Christ, who will come someday. And Christ understands us. Christ understands us. Because he's walked where we walk.
I went to see over Thanksgiving holiday the movie Lincoln. Any of you seen it? Anybody seen Lincoln yet? Well, let me tell you, if you haven't seen it, it's a very, very good movie. All the family could enjoy it. It is not unusual for an actor to submerge himself or herself in a role. Uh, anyone who's a professional wants to get it right. It's not unusual for an artist to go to great lengths to gain the perspective of something or someone he or she is portraying. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is reported that he became Lincoln for the role. In fact, he would get into character of Lincoln to the point where he would be Lincoln, you know, when they broke, when they'd say cut, and, you know, they're filming, they're doing a take, and they say cut, and everybody else talks about, you know, what'd you do yesterday? He would tell stories about the campaign at Vicksburg, for example, okay? He would not go out of the character of Lincoln. That was how much he wanted to make sure he could understand what it was like to be Lincoln, to portray Lincoln correctly. Now you see, as Christians, we, we contend and believe that Jesus didn't have to portray a human. Jesus, who was fully divine, became fully human too. Was fully human too, so that we can, uh, he can understand us in a unique way. Because he did walk where we walk and experience what we experience. And when we take our concerns to Christ, we know he understands us because he did feel the, the pain of rejection or disappointment or grief, for example. All these emotions that make it so hard for us to be human. So that's the first and most important thing, I think, is that Christ to us is that Christ is someone who understands us. Now, the second thing, I think, is that Christ sets a standard for us. Christ set a standard for us as believers on how we could make a better world, how we could live with one another, and how that we are expected to represent him until he returns. Now think back to the best teachers you've ever had. I know some of your teachers or coaches you ever had. They, they set high standards for you. They expected you to rise to these standards. And Christ is the same way. He expects those of us who call on His name, who follow Him and believe Him, to have high standards. Not to act like everyone else in the world, but to act differently. To act with grace and mercy and love and kindness. And it's important for us to remember, I think, this day, that Christ has placed His people in the world until He returns to be that salt or leaven or light. He, he, people should be able to tell, other people should be able to tell those people who are followers of Jesus, and they should be able to tell that in a positive way. Now it's obvious that we don't always get this right, otherwise we wouldn't have so many people falling away from faith. And it seems to me like the worst, the most important thing we can do as believers is to remember the high standards Jesus taught us and to remember what Jesus wants us to do in the way of our experiences with other people. And if we would recapture that, 
you would have people wanting to know more about you and more about Christ and more about Christ's church. And that's the most important thing you can do as a follower of Christ, I believe, is to recapture the high standards that Jesus taught and the ways that Jesus asked us to interact with other people. It's a sad commentary, in my opinion, on Christianity as a whole when asked recently, and I think I might have sent this out to the congregation either in a newsletter or something, uh, where recently when it was asked of, of Americans, especially those that from, the eight, from in 18 to um, I think it's 45 range, what is your church or religious preference? The number two choice was none. That's a sad commentary on our times. None. And it has to be because they've been turned off by nutty Christians, and let's all face that there are some nutty Christians, like those who protest at veterans' funerals and so forth and so on. We've all seen this in the news. Uh, and, and unfortunately, the media takes those and holds them up as that's an example of all of us, and it's not. That's not who we are. And so it seems to me like it's time that we act like the way Christ wants us to act and that we are Christ's representatives in the world and we are to reflect his love and his mercy and his grace. So what does Christ mean to us? It seems on this Christ the King Sunday, Christ means to us first and foremost, Christ is someone who understands us, understands us better than we understand ourselves. And second thing is that Christ has set a standard for us. Christ has set a standard for us. And finally, thirdly is this, I think, what's probably the most important of all is Christ is the only way for us to be saved. Christ is our Savior. At my Thanksgiving get-together, and I had read in the news where some folks weren't going to Thanksgiving because... Uh, the, this, the last the presidential election that was just hell because they had such families were split so badly and it really was interesting to think about this in relation to the way things were prior to the Civil War. Families were so split that they said they weren't even going to go to Thanksgiving because they was afraid they'd get in a big argument and have a falling out and it'd be better just to stay home. That's a sad commentary on our time. Very sad commentary on our time. At my, our Thanksgiving, <laughs> my sister who lives uh, outside of Chicago and her family were there at my mother's and daddy's. And my other sister who lives there close to mother and daddy, they had got, I think I had told y'all, they had kind of gotten this tit for tat over the election. And we were all wondering how they were going to manage it. First of all, the, it was interesting because neither, neither did, the word, did the word Obama nor Romney nor Democrat or Republican never came up in any conversation in our family that day, which I thought was really interesting because everyone was doing their best to make sure that we didn't go into a political discussion. But what was more importantly than that was that before we left, that day, and everyone started leaving, as we all kind of got into a little bit of a conversation about 
what is most important to us. And it was during that conversation that we found that we all had the same idea. That no matter what our differences were other ways, we all were very, very, very thankful and appreciative that we had had grandparents and parents who insisted, whether we wanted to or not, to learn about Jesus Christ and to come to church. And now that was our rock to get through this crazy world that we live in. Jesus understands us. Jesus has set a standard for us. And Jesus is really the only way to salvation. The blood of Jesus overcame our sins and other sins. And on this last day of the church year, we bow at the throne of Jesus Christ because He has won us by His love. And we all agreed that there was nothing greater gift that had ever been given to any of us and our family than the gift of the knowledge and the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus has walked where we walk. He set a high standard for us to live up to. And by His blood, He has taken away our sins. And He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Even though a portion of the world still doesn't know it, we do know that on the final day He will return triumphantly as, the, as Christ the King. And if you will pause with me just maybe a little bit this day, if no more than the, even now, and to imagine that final return of Christ and renew your hope. Renew your hope in that one and that day when Christ will return and renew all things. It will give you again a blessing of peace amidst the chaos. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We're not alone. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let our ushers come forward as we receive our offerings.
Trials. 
Will you stand and sing with us? Jesus. 
Jesus Messiah, Lord of all. Blessings this day from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Almighty, Eternal, Triune God, one God now and forevermore. Amen. Shine like the sun.